Hey, this is God's Whole Story. My name is Mandy, and I'm joined today by Ryan and Chelsea, and we're gonna get right into it, starting in Genesis 15. We're gonna be talking about the story of Abraham. All right, so today we're reading Genesis 15 through 18, and there is just a lot of things that happen in these chapters. We have the Lord's covenant with Abram. We have the birth of Ishmael, circumcision. Sarah's made the promise to have a child, and then Abraham intercedes for Simon Gomorrah. There's a lot happening. What's that got to you guys? The thing that I like the most in in these stories is actually the promise that God makes to Abraham and just kind of like how he goes about that. I think the the first thing is like God comes out and makes his promise to Abraham that he's going to be this great nation. He has no kids. And so Abraham, like there's a lot of time in between. So Abraham has this situation where he believes God, I think, but he kind of goes about it like, well, I guess I have to do something. So like he tries to come up with his own way to do it. Like him and Sarah are like, well, we could use Hagar and, you know, this could work out great. And I think it shows like a little bit of the trouble that we get into um, when we're trusting God for something. Um, but we don't want to, I don't know. I don't know if it's, we don't want to completely trust God, um, but maybe we don't think he can do it as quickly as we want. So we try to think of like a way around it, which is kind of what happens. I think sometimes it could be like maybe giving up, maybe like having some fatigue, yeah. like faith fatigue. Like, I mean, think about how long he waited almost 30 years from the first time he was told, hey, you're going to have a son until he actually does. And I know I can relate on this. I'm not 99. I'm close. But on some <laughs> things, I feel like, well, I'm as good as dead at this point. Like I have aged out of that even being a possibility. And God makes it really clear. Like, is anything too hard for me? Like, and and I think that is so applicable to everybody's journey of waiting because we all have seasons and periods of our lives where we have to wait. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it could be this fatigue, but it also could be sometimes I think because of the culture we're in where independence and pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps is really valued. I think sometimes like I want to do God a favor, like, oh my gosh, I guess I should just, I have an idea. I could just actually go, I could go get a different baby, a different way, and I'll take care of it. Look, aren't you proud? It's like the time when when my youngest ran across the parking lot without me knowing to go get a ball to play kickball, and she was so proud of herself when she came back. But I was really mad because I was like, that was super <laughs> dangerous. But she thought, well, I took care of it, and you didn't have to. And I think sometimes we do that, and I think God's like, no, I actually, like, I have an actual plan. It just takes time. Yeah, it's interesting. One of the commentaries I read is like, to, to me, it's like, this is super weird that Sarah's like, hey, grab this this woman and like have a baby. But the commentary thing was saying like, that wasn't weird at all. Like that was very common. Mm-hmm. And so it, it would have actually made sense for them to think like, oh, this is probably the way that we're supposed to connect the dots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't. So it was like a very clear combination of like, well, this is what's appropriate in our culture. It's probably what God wants us to do. When in reality, God made the promise. God was going to see the promise through. Um, so they didn't actually need to figure out any other detour. And like, he waits a long time. Like sometimes I'm sick of waiting like a couple of days. Yeah. This guy's waiting years. Yeah. And so, I don't know, we can be a little bit too tough on him. I think of like, Hey, he's, he's been patiently waiting for, I don't know, years and years and there's still nothing. So yeah. When you actually do the math, it's been years, but as you're reading it, it yeah, seems it like it's right after the other, feels right, quick. one thing after the other. Like, oh, why'd they, why'd they jump like to that? that? Right. I think Hagar's encounter with the Lord is so touching to me. I, it, it almost made me tear up a little bit when we were reading it. I, to have the Lord bless her in that way and just comfort her Mm -hmm. and that she sees the Lord. I think, I don't know. It's really cool. 
Because <laughs> she, yeah, she was an outcast and exiled from Abram's family at that point. So I think a lot of times we see Old Testament God, which is not even real. Like Old Testament God is like this really terrible, mean person. But actually, as you read, he's incredibly gracious um, because like he sees Hagar. He's like, I see you. I hear you. Like well, he doesn't cut off that family. He's going to bless that family as well. Um, yeah. And, and, and actually, we see a lot of that grace in the, the Sodom narrative where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, what about... 45. What about 40? What about 35? Like he's refusing to be as furious as what he might seem um, being gracious to people that serve him. Another thing I wanted to look at was when a son is promised to Sarah, it's good to remember that Abram's line, this line of descendants from that is going to come Jesus, the Messiah. So God's promise to Sarah that a son is going to be born to her. um, And she laughs and she's afraid. And the Lord says anything too hard for me, when you go to Luke and you hear what the encounter is with Mary and the angel, um, and she's in wonder, and the angel said, is anything too hard for the Lord? And she believes. To see the mother of this Israel and the mother of the Messiah and the juxtaposition of what their responses are to the Lord, and he has the exact same response. Is anything too hard? And Sarah was afraid, and Mary believed. It's pretty cool. It's very cool. Because Mary probably knew that story of Sarah as well. Yeah, that's true. It's like in her mind, like, well, it happened before. Yeah. All right. I'm going to start reading in Genesis chapter 15, the Lord's covenant with Abram. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? The Lord told him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So Abram presented all these to him and killed them. Then he cut each animal down the middle and laid the halves side by side. He did not, however, cut the birds in half. Some vultures swooped down to eat the carcasses, but Abram chased them away. As the sun was going down, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a terrifying darkness came down over him. Then the Lord said to Abram, You can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land, where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, and in the end, they will come away with great wealth. As for you, you will die in peace and be buried at a ripe old age." After four generations, your descendants will return here to this land, for the sins of the Amorites do not yet warrant their destruction. After the sun went down and darkness fell, Abram saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the halves of the carcasses. So the Lord made a covenant with Abram that day and said, I have given this land to your descendants all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River, the land now occupied by the Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Rephites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. Genesis chapter 16. 
Now Sarai, Abraham, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarai, with contempt. Then Sarai said to Abram, this is all your fault. I put my servant into your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. Abram replied, look, she is your servant, so deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road of Shur, to Shur. The angel said to her, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. This son of yours will be a wild man, as untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord, who had spoken to her. She said, You are the God who sees me. She also said, Have I truly seen the one who sees me? So that well was named Bir Lahai Roy, which means well of the living one who sees me. It can still be found between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. When Abram was 90 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants, after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give the entire land of Canaan, where you now live as a foreigner, to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever, and I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, Your responsibility is to obey the terms of the covenant. You and your descendants have this continual responsibility. This is the covenant that you and your descendants must keep. Each male among you must be circumcised. You must cut off the flesh of your foreskin as a sign of the covenant between me and you. From generation to generation, every male child must be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. This applies not only to members of your family, but also to the servants born in your household and the foreign-born servants who you have purchased. All must be circumcised. Your bodies will bear the mark of my everlasting covenant. Any male who fails to be circumcised will be cut off from the covenant family for breaking the covenant. Then God said to Abraham, regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. 
How could I become a father at the age of 100, he thought. And how can Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, May Ishmael live under your special blessing. But God replied, No, Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. As for Ishmael, I will bless him also, just as you have asked. I will make him extremely fruitful and multiply his descendants. He will become the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will be confirmed with Isaac, who will be born to you and Sarah about this time next year. When God had finished speaking, he left Abraham. On that very next day, Abraham took his son, Ishmael, and every male in his household, including those born there and those he had bought. Then he circumcised them, cutting off their foreskins, just as God had told him. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised, and Ishmael, his son, was 13. But Abraham and his son, Ishmael, were circumcised on that same day, along with all the other men and boys of the household, whether they were born there or bought as servants, all were circumcised with him. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance of his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while the water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, hurry, get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant and quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and roasted meat and he served it to the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Where is Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year and your wife, Sarah, and you will have a son. Sarah was listening to the conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, How could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, No, you did laugh. Then the man got up from their meal and looked out toward Sodom. As they left, Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Should I hide my plan from Abraham? The Lord asked. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have signaled him out so he will direct his sons and their family to keep the way of the Lord, to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. So the Lord told Abraham, I have heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. I'm going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. The other men turned and headed toward Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find 50 righteous people living there in the city. Will you still sweep it away and not spare it for their sakes? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Why would you be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same? Surely you wouldn't do that. 
Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? And the Lord replied, If I find fifty righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again, Since I have begun, let me speak further to my Lord, even though I am but dust and ashes. Suppose there are only forty-five righteous people, rather than fifty. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of the five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five righteous people there. Then Abraham pressed his request further. Suppose there are only forty. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it for the sake of the forty. Please don't be angry, my Lord, Abraham pleaded. Let me speak. Suppose only thirty righteous people are found. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it if I find thirty. Then Abraham said, Since I have dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only twenty. And the Lord replied, Then I will not destroy it for the sake of the twenty. Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me if I speak one more time. Suppose only ten are found there. And the Lord replied, Then I will not destroy it for the sake of the ten. When the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way, and Abraham returned to his tent. Hey guys, thanks so much uh, for listening with us today. We hope something stuck out uh, to you. Uh, if you want, you could leave a comment. You could uh, send us a message. Just let us know like what is striking you as we read through the Bible. Uh, we will be here again tomorrow. We can't wait to have you join us again. We'll see you later. See ya. Bye.